Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Re'eh Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Parshas Re'eh. Our Aliyah is long, it is 22 Pesachim long, running from Perak Yudbeis Chavtes to Yud Gimel Yud Tes. The topic of our Aliyah is the seduction of polytheism. We hear four different episodes in this Aliyah that relate to serving or perhaps being seduced to serve Avodah so the first the first section of the four is when uh, Hashem will cut down the nations in front of you. Moshe tells them you'll inherit the land. You need to be very careful not to fall into the traps. Don't seek out peace of your surrounding neighbors. Don't try to understand how their service works because Hashem hates their service. In, and he includes in this what's called molech, which is passing children to the fire, which is one of the typical Canaanite um, um, rites and rituals. The in, in certain Talia, he has a, just in parentheses, it seems almost, we'll come back to it in a moment, is the, the commandment of Baal Tosef and Baal Tigra not to add or subtract from the Torah. We now move into the second section, which is about false prophets. So the Torah tells us, and Moshe warns us, if a false prophet or dreamer will come to you and, and he provides you with a, a sign or a wonder, and that wonder actually comes to be. He says something will happen and it happens. He turns something into something else and it does happen. And then he says, based on that, let's serve other gods. You're not allowed to listen to the words of such a prophet. Hashem is testing you to love him, to believe in him. You have to follow Hashem and cleave to him. Such a prophet will be put to death because he has spoke against Hashem. The third section of the Aliyah is what's called Mesis Umediach. This is a family member who will come over to you and say, let's serve polytheism. Um, or the local gods, the faraway gods, don't listen to such a person. You have to, uh, you, you have, to have no pity on such a person, even if they're a close family member, God forbid, and that person needs to be put to death and not have had any pity on them. Israel will see and hear this and therefore not do this anymore. In fact, there's such complex laws about how we tilt the judgment scales in the direction of um, an indictment in, in this particular case. We don't want to give any chance to such a person. Finally, the fourth and last section of the Zaliyah is what's called an Irhani Dachas. This is a city which is seduced. So if you hear the news about a city in Israel which is seduced and the entire or most of that city serves other gods, you'll conduct a thorough investigation. We learned from this that you have to do what's called Sheva Chakiros, seven cross-examinations in order to ascertain the real truth. The Commission in Sanhedrin tells us that you, you need to make sure that this is really true, that the entire city or most of it served Abu Zorah, and in such a case, it'll be destroyed. All people in Laosak will be killed and the property will be gathered in the street and burned. Nothing can be taken out of the city and um, and it will never be able to be rebuilt again. The end of the Aliyah it describes how Hashem will give you mercy and increase and increase you um, and make you multiply for following the word of Hashem. So let's, let's think about this from a few angles now. That's the summary. Let's look at a few points to ponder. First point is to note is Rav Hirsch points out that the corruptions that this Aliyah are talking about in terms of serving polytheism are all relationship based. Whether it be a prophet, a friendship, a family member, and ultimately even the corruption of society, not through individuals, comes based on relationship, which is why Hashem spends so much time warning us about where we live and who are our neighbors and subduing the neighbors because that is going to be the greatest weakness that we will experience. Now, why is that the, the single Avodah Zorah, which is given explicit mention in this Aliyah, is Molech, which is passing children through the fire? Why is this so abhorrent to Hashem? Rashi explains because it represents the culture of barbarism. It represents the type of people that the Canaanites really are, which is why they're getting destroyed. In fact, Rashi says it's not limited to children. He describes about certain Canaanites who fed their parents to their dogs. 
what a terrible, corrupt, morally corrupt society. He says, don't learn. You, you as Israel are meant to be a higher moral calling. You're not meant to be following these corrupt, inhumane, a, um, a and immoral societies. Another question, why is the mitzvah of Baal Tosef and Baal Tigra in our Aliyah? The commandment not to add or subtract from the Torah um, in this Aliyah. It seems a little bit out of sorts. The Ramban explains, Nachmarides explains, that most of this Aliyah is uh, talking about a person coming from the outside in the name of some pagan deity saying that this deity wants you to do ABC, which is against the Torah. This commandment of Baal Tosef is saying that a person comes to you saying in the name of God, that Hashem wants to change his mind to do X or not to do Y. In such a case, and then we've had many false messiahs throughout the ages. This is the more common of the ones that Israel has suffered from throughout the ages. Um, that This is a very dangerous one, which is why it's being included in this in Aliyah as well. The false messiahs from the inside and the false messiahs from the outside. This, of course, excludes, says the Ramban, a Ra'as Shah, which means an edict of the hour, like Eliyahu at Har Karmel, where he shechted a korban outside the precinct of the Basin English on Har Karmel. And that obviously relates to the thematic topic of what the previous Aliyah was about as well. Now, why is it that we don't listen to the sign of the Navi? After all, this, this, this false prophet presents a sign. You know, he turns uh, you know, his staff into a snake. As an example, he predicts that there's going to be a locust plague and it does happen the next day. So why don't we believe such power? So the Ramam explains in the Hilchos Esodah Torah and Perikhes that we, don't, we never believed in the Torah because of any signs. All the signs were functional which meant to say any of the things that Moshe Rabbeinu did. He brought down the manna, he spit the sea, he brought the water. All those things opened the earth for Korach. Those are all functional. They, they had a real point. They, they were necessary. That's not the reason we believe in the Torah. The reason we believe in the Torah is because all of the nation of Israel were at the base of Sinai and all of them saw Hashem speaking and heard and experienced that. And then they, they, they gave over the control to Moshe Rabbeinu because they could not handle it which meant to say that it was based on national revelation, not any sign. So if anybody now comes and brings a sign and which contradicts what was said at Sinai, we know in our very essence that it is not true, not because we believe, but because we know. And this person, therefore, obviously is outside of the scope of truth. That's how the Ramam explains it. And this is very central to our Aliyah as well. Um, two more basic questions. Why do all the seducers get killed if Hashem lets this sign actually happen? Why is that the case? The Orachim HaKadosh explains, well, Hashem just allowed the sign to happen. So this person, you know, pontificates and says, well, you know, tomorrow is going to be an, a locust plague and it happens. They're a bad person. They're a quack. But Hashem, in the end of the day, um, made it happen. That's to, as Rashi explains, to test us. But that isn't that that did not make their mind up to be a bad person. They chose to try to seduce other people. It just happens to be that Hashem gave credence to this quack. Um, and so therefore they bear the responsibility for their actions, even though Hashem lended credibility to them. Finally, last question is why does it that Hashem promises us mercy at the end of the Aliyah? Rav Pam in his book on the Torah says a very beautiful thing. And that is, is that killing is not a natural thing. Even when Hashem gives us license to kill, and God forbid, even though the Gemara says, based on the Tosefta, that Irhanidachas, a full city, never really existed. But the idea that we should have, be given license to kill men, women, and children of a city is something so inhumane, so against the grain of basic living, that yes, it may be commanded, but it, it's going to actually have a consequence on those who have to take 
that uh, take that very severe action. So Hashem says, I understand that and I'm going to supplant you, I'm going to give you a boost, a supplementary dose of mercy, says God, supernaturally because the otherwise the, the, the idea of being involved in such a thing is by no way valorous and by no, by no way something to be lauded. It's a very sad and terrible ill that is necessary to be done because of the corruption of society. So that gives us an, a sense of where the default of our emotions are meant to be. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.